Thanks. Thank you. Well, welcome to Pastors Positive Mental Health Institute. Once again, I'm Kirk. Glad to have you with us. Uh, again, as you see, I have another guest, a good friend of mine, uh, and, and just has really been welcoming to me over the past years. And uh, and so I, I couldn't wait to have him interviewed because uh, uh, what I like about Jason, and, and I'll let him talk more about himself in a minute, what I really love about Jason is that his excitement for sharing the good news of Jesus Christ and his love for people. And um, and yet, just because you have that outlook doesn't change the fact that we still struggle with a lot of the of the, the challenges that we have in ministry. And uh, But that outlook, because of his relational um, ability and, and proclivity, helps us uh, really navigate using some of these positive mental health um, attributes and recognizing them and keeping that good outlook on life. So, Jason, and thanks for being with me today. Great to be with you, Kirk. Happy New Year. Oh, Happy New Year. Yeah, this will be probably, uh, let's see, uh, around uh, the 22nd, I think, is when this will air. Of January. Okay. So it's still Happy New Year. Yes. Um, yep, yep, yep. It's always a Happy New Year, right? <laughs> uh, so um, anyway, so just a little bit about yourself, Jason. So Jason Goolidge is his is, last name, if you needed to look him up and stalk him. But anyway, um, what is... What, what kind of led you to ministry? So, like one of your other podcasts, I was a lifetime Christian. So, I grew up in the church, was raised in the church since I was in my mother's womb, if you want to say that. Okay. And then I went off to, was participated in Sunday school and that, but never involved much in youth ministry until I was in high school. And in high school, I was in youth ministry, very involved in that. And I had youth leaders that would always push me into uncomfortable situations, whether it's leading prayer in a youth gathering or doing stuff for youth church services or on Sunday morning. They would always push me out of my comfort zone. And so they always encouraged me to think about ministry in some way, somehow. And I was like, okay, I would look into it. But I had other interests instead of just ministry. I thought about becoming a law enforcement or going to the military. So I thought those were interesting avenues. My uncle offered me to go to Annapolis and back in Maryland and that. So I thought highly of coming in captain in the military. But then after going on mission trips and do, serving in, as a junior leader in my senior year of high school and having different experiences with different youth and people encouraging me over and over again, I went off to college saying, okay, God, I was either look at business, law enforcement, and I still was up in the air. And then one thing led to another, just people keep encouraging me over and over again, saying, hey, think about the ministry, think about the ministry. And I dug in my heels a little bit, but after praying about it and thinking about it and looking at what I enjoy doing, like Kirk, you were talking about how I enjoy people and God and what better two things than Jesus and people for me. And that's the thing that ultimately said, hey, this is the thing that is my sweet spot. Mm. And that's where those two combined together. And I was like, okay, what better could I do? So that's where I went into the ministry because I couldn't find any better joy mm. than serving people and serving God day-to-day nice. -day life. Yeah, one thing that you mentioned I think is really important as we look at how the actions of church members influence our positive mental health is, is that uh, affirmation or even... Uh, 
um, even that calling out from other people to say, you know, there, there's some qualities here that I think you would be really beneficial to the church. Um, and we, you know, in our in our theology of, of pastoral leadership, we come from within from the people, right? It's not like exactly. we're above them. It's not like anything. And so we have those relationships, and it's important for us to to realize that part of a lot of us who got into the ministry, a large part of that were other people encouraging or pushing us to do it. As, as you say. <laughs> but they pushed you because they saw leadership in you. Um, because you know you don't take the wallflower that's on the that's kind of high in the corner if you're in a youth group and say hey come pray because you know that they won't and so it's one of those things that again god uses people uh, to help us on the path that he has prescribed for us so what's your current role in your current church so i am a sole pastor then i so i serve right now two and a half churches if you want to say that because okay. i help out a church that had to close their doors so i can go up there once a week then I have the church that I've been called to that I serve throughout the week. And then every other week I preach at another church that their pastor retired recently. So I'm a sole pastor, but also I work with other pastors to help out other churches in this area of the country. So it's an interesting role. Yeah. So you're busy. Yep. <laughs> yep. 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 Well, you're young, so you have all this energy. That's fine. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, just for clarification, when we say sole pastor, um, that is the senior pastor. He's the only pastor um, at at his current location, which is in Jerome, Idaho. Uh, what's the name of the church? It's St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Jerome, Idaho, the only Lutheran church in town. Yeah. So tell me about the church. So the church is about 50 people. It's a mixed group of people on Sunday morning. So you have people from the youngest of two, eight years old, all the way up to 94, almost 95 years old. So we have a variety of people. So we have people that are young kids to teenagers that are getting up into high school. And then we also have people that are in college age. And then we have people that they're their parent, my age, a little bit smaller population, but it's still a group percentage and then you have another half that are either working or retired recently and then you have the elderly so you have a variety of ages so which makes it nice mm -hmm. so you can interact with all different people so you have that diversity instead of other people that you see that have one demographic or another so so how do you rely on church members at your church so for me my members at church but I rely on them to just, whether I'm gone or they're there, I rely on them to help provide the necessary things to do on Sunday morning or throughout the week so that I don't have to do everything, whether it's not be, like I heard on one podcast, I don't have to be the custodian. I don't have to be the guy that changes the light bulbs. I don't have to be the one playing the organ. I don't have to be the guy that's running with my head cut off. I can say, hey, can you help out? With different things so whether it's helping out on sunday morning through the week so i rely on them to do the stuff that are behind the scenes often but they are the ones that do that are the pillars of the church and that's fun to see because they are step up when they're needed and or when i'm out of town they step up and do the whole church service by themselves too so that's fun to see having my elders it was gone recently they were preaching for me and doing the whole service so i don't have to worry about 
oh no, I have to find another pastor to fill in for me. So it's fun to see those lay leaders step up. Well, and one thing that's interesting that I want to note that you that you said, just for clarification, it's not that you can't clean the bathroom. It's not that you can't change the light bulb. Um, but if we're busy doing all these ancillary things around the church, because there's seasons, you know, where I've spent, you know, time where I'm cleaning the bathrooms and I'm vacuuming the floors, which which I'll do during the week too, if if there's a mess or something. Like I just took Christmas stuff down and you know, I, I instead of leaving the 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 pine needles all over the floor, even though it's fake trees. Uh, you know, I might, I may go vacuum this up so that I don't leave that for um, the custodian. But uh, other things too is that um, if we're busy doing all these other things, we really can't focus on what God's called us to do. And so for church members to understand that it's not that we're above doing those things, because um, I, I, if you're a pastor who thinks you're above all those things, you probably shouldn't be a pastor, but that's a different conversation. Uh, but, you know, I think you and I had had a conversation a while back where you were folding bulletins for like a funeral and someone came in and said, Hey, let me do that. You know? And, and even though you can do it, um, it's like, it's really nice when somebody says we can bear those. These are, these are things that we can do. Um, that, that, uh, not that you can't do it, but again, uh, devoting ourselves to the work of the ministry, the prayer and the preparation of, of sharing God's word with others is really what is best for the congregation and, um, best for us to do what we're called to do. Uh, so, yeah, so tell me about a time where um, you felt built uh, up in ministry. So, you know, maybe there was a time where uh, you just were feeling a little low, energy was low, or there was a lot of trials or whatnot. And then what did somebody do um, that made you feel um, just refreshed a little bit? I think recently is this people always check in, like when, especially right now, it's right after the Christmas season, right? You're rare out, you've preached over and over again. And you are tired, but then you have to say, okay, I'm going to make it through. But then people come along and say, hey, Pastor, I really appreciate that you put in the energy for this. Thank you for doing this. Or a small little letter dropped in the mail. Or this past week, the thing that built me when I got back is this past spring, there's a brother and sister that got baptized in that. And they are the ones that have been starting to go through classes and everything. And I just walk into my office and there's a picture of them with me and they're being baptized and everything. And just, just those little up and little notes saying, thanks for all that you do for us, Pastor. And thanks for all your encouragement and teaching us. So those are the, that's recently the most current one, just getting those little notes of encouragement. Yeah, and one of the things that I try to point out to people all the time is it doesn't take a lot. Pastors yep. aren't, uh, we're pretty easy and we're pretty simple, but we're also very insecure, whether we want to admit it or not, <laughs> because what we're doing is sacred work, right? What we're doing is we we are we are wanting to have eternal impact on people. And so when we get those little moments um, that that we know that we're impacting somebody's life. And I mean, the, the, the thoughtfulness of here's a picture of us being baptized, and, and, you know, as you're doing that for them. Um, so meaningful, but really, I, I mean, between you and me, probably didn't take a lot of effort, right? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> you exactly. know, here's a note, here's a picture. Thanks. And that means a lot to us. So um, again, if you're a church member listening to this, it doesn't take a lot, just so you know. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so what do you find maybe is the biggest challenge currently in the ministry? It could be whatever's going on locally. I, I don't want you to share too much if you can, but you know, maybe there's some things that you struggle with, or maybe you just see things globally or the, in the region or whatnot, but what do you see as the biggest challenge currently in the ministry? So I think right now the 
biggest challenge for us, I would have to say is going out of our doors and reaching to our community. That makes sense at all. That we have to get out of our own fortress almost and go out into the community and say, hey, we want to share Jesus with our neighbors, our family, our friends, and not be scared to do so because it, it seems like now the church is very coming turning inward and saying we don't want to go out because we're worried and our, we're worried about our theology will change or we're worried that our church will radically change because we have people of different minorities that have different practices than us so they're very hesitant the churches people not only at my church but other churches that i've served that they're very hesitant to say, hey, let's go out in our community, let's reach out and invite them to church. And if they reject us, oh, well. But they're worried about that, that rejection, because they feel like there's not, everything's changing around them so much. And they're afraid that if their church, if the world is changing, that their church will change. And if their church changes, that loses one less stable thing in their life. And so that's why, for me, the biggest challenge is to see people saying, hey, go out, but with the gospel and sharing Jesus with their or tell people, hey, we miss you at church, too. Yeah, yeah. Invite them back to the church mm-hmm. and, instead of being like, oh, no, I can't do that. And that's why, for me, the biggest challenge, I think, in this area. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, you had... Uh... Uh, some youth leaders who pushed you out of your comfort zone, and now that's your role, right? <laughs> it's the yep, yep. comfort zone. You know, yep. one of the things I tell people all the time, I say, "Hey, invite people to church. All they can do is say no, right?" Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly, yeah. But but it's easier said than done. Um, and and I find that you know that is a that is an issue that we have, um, especially like you mentioned. I really appreciate you mentioned that. Is the world is changing so fast, and and so if the we can keep the church as something that's familiar and routine and and safe we'll call it safe um, in a world that feels unsafe because of the constant change and instability um and, but the problem is is there's such great joy in, in expanding the kingdom even though it's uncomfortable the growth and what and the joy that you experience is worth it it's just it's just getting uh people to respond to the holy spirit and and trust the holy spirit uh, which is really all of our problems right we all gotta trust the holy spirit so. <laughs> So, um, but it does take a lot of energy um, to to do that. And so, uh, so if you're listening, pray, pray, you know, not only for Jason's church, my church, but for everyone's church that people would share the good news of the gospel because it's the best thing, not only on this life, but also in the next. And so um, that we, that really that the Holy Spirit would convince us, right? That it is the best thing, right. that it is true life. And so, um, so we'll be praying for that. Now you kind of already shared something, so you can't use this example now. So for this this next question, but tell me how someone in your church made you smile within the past two weeks. So it can't be the picture with the baptism. That one's out. <laughs> so I got a I went skiing a couple weeks ago, right after my birthday, right before Christmas, and I hung out with some of my youth families and everything when I was skiing with them, and just had a youth wrote me a letter saying or to our family and everything for our Christmas gift. And she wrote in that letter, you know, at first you were pastor and pastor's wife and family, but now I see you as a second family. And just that little note like that, Mm -hmm. 
that's the thing that made me smile saying yep i see you as a family member too so just it's a two-way street now saying hey you see this church is beyond something we do on sunday morning we are corporate family of christ believers brothers and sisters yeah we know that, that the apostle paul uses that language a lot you know we're members of one another uh, and one of the things that's interesting is you know a, a lot of pastors because of past trauma and some education they get hesitate to really engage in uh, relationship and some of it has to do with well i'm a pastor and, and 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 it's interesting i mean many of us have physicians that we that go to our church or or have in the past and and they can be our friend but they're still a doctor <laughs> and and so um it's one of those things where um and there's a fine line right because you know the reality is is i find it i think you have found this too i minister better if i know people Exactly, exactly. Uh, because then they and, and some of the reason is because they know that whatever I say is hopefully coming from a place of love and exactly. so they can exactly. receive it because they know I care for them and so when they have like you said that family um which is a joy right I mean uh it's one of those things where I've been around pastors and I wrestle with it sometimes too where um you know do I really want to hang out with my church members <laughs> you know, um, and, and, you know, there are times where I just love being with them. I've gone away to weekends with some of them, you know, uh, we had a New Year's Eve party and there was about uh, 15 of us or whatever, and all from church. And it was just a great time just hanging out and being with them and laughing with them. And, uh, and so I think uh, one thing that, again, back to when we started this, that, that you highlight in your ministry is that relational piece um, where people know they actually enjoy them and you care for them and you want what's best for them. And so um, that's that's valuable. So I appreciate you sharing that because that's huge. And I want to encourage pastors, um, you know, don't let past hurts define your current actions. Um, you know, there is great joy in, in loving others well and uh, being with them. And you will find um, encouragement and joy in that as well. Last question for you. See, it's great. Wow, man. Uh, what is your desire for the people at your church? My ultimate desire is for them to have Jesus as their own savior. Because I think in the world today, the world offers so many different other saviors as options. And have that overflow in their life and affect all their vocations that they do. Whether it's their vocation as being a parent, grandparent, retiree, as a basketball player, bowler on their bowling team for high school, have it overflow into their life so that they too can bring the bubble of that gospel. Like if you go back to like John 7, right? The Holy Spirit welling up in us like a river. And just have that people have that overabundance of, hey, I know my salvation is secure in Christ and now. I can go out and share the gospel in my vocations in this world and not be afraid of anything that lies in my future because there's a lot of fear, a lot of fear in this world and people hide behind fear or make excuses why they can't do things in fear. But when they have the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news, the best news, like you said earlier, right? Just welling in them and just overflowing their life it changes everything in the outlook on their life. It changes the way they deal with life, deal with every situation. And that's the, for me, that's my greatest joy. 
that they I told some youth recently, I taught a class on Wednesday that we are teaching we, we have two youth that are getting confirmed and the rest of the youth group are coming in to support them as they go through this class. So they're going through it again. And I told them on Wednesday, there's one thing I could embark on you as youth, as you leave, and if you stay here or you leave, is that you have the gospel of Jesus Christ and that you are secure in your salvation and that you can go out in this world without no fear. And it's it's fun to see when people have, it's contagious too. Well, it's interesting because you mentioned the fear thing. And so basically, if you're listening to this, uh, Jason wants you saved. Okay, so we know that. <laughs> but 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 we want that to impact your life. It's not just, hey, great, I received this. It's like, no, now my life has radically changed. My direction has been changed. And and the reality is, is you know, in first John 4, God is love. And then Peter tells us that perfect love casts out all fear. And so if we really understand that Jesus is God, God is love, Jesus is dwells us with his Holy Spirit, and he's put his love upon us, and so there's no fear for us anymore. But that's a huge, you know, this flesh and the world um, is, is always at war, as, as we're told by Paul, the flesh and the spirit are, are warring against one another. We're caught in the middle of this. And so really having that confidence again in uh, what Christ has done for you, because he is for us and not against us. Well, Jason, thanks so much. I appreciate your work. If you watch this, please just take a time and, and pray for him. Um, he's got a, a beautiful family and several, how many daughters do you have? Four daughters. Four daughters. Yep. That's going to make you pray for them just automatically. So, uh, right here, still here, right? Still there. Yeah. I don't know what my excuse is. So, um, <laughs> anyway, if you like this podcast and you find it uh, beneficial, uh, please uh, like and share and subscribe to not miss any content. If you have any questions for me, please make a comment in there or you can look at the website, ppmhi.org. Uh, love to hear from you uh, as we continue to work together to help the church flourish. Mm -hmm.